What is up, fellow Raiders? We are back on the Raider Crusader podcast. I am your host, Basketball Brad, here with co-host Matt Fluker. And today we're going to give you a rundown of um, how social distance sports might look like in the next couple of months. Um, as you probably already know, there have been agreements for the NBA and the MLB to restart soon, and there are a lot of uh, talks about what a college football season would potentially look like if it happens this upcoming season. So we're going to start with the NBA. Matt, do you want to start off? Yeah, we're just going to break down the NBA, kind of how they've decided to restart in the bubble, and then the MLB, Brad will break that one down, and then we'll both kind of discuss the future for college football, which will be pretty interesting in my opinion. So starting with the NBA, they agreed to terms with Disney to provide a what's called like a bubble environment. It's played at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Walt Disney Resort. It's in Orlando. Yeah, they reach agreements and they're forming like a quarantine for all 22 teams. Yeah. The season starts on July 30th and the finals will end no later than October 13th. Yeah. So that way in this bubble, they don't have to just like, they don't have to stay in the rooms of social distance. Everyone is testing negative for the right. virus. Everyone's safe to do whatever and as long as they stay they've, isolated from the bubble. They've hired some of the world's best health officials to really make sure that they're staying safe. As far as the draft lottery, draft lottery begins August 25th, and the draft is October 16th, and the 2021 season begins on December 1st, which is kind of weird. That's kind of a short turnaround. Yeah, as that is it's, very short. It's weird. However, you kind of got to make things work nowadays. A team that, you know, didn't make the bubble, they unfortunately had to cut it off. They had to cut eight teams out of it just for social distancing and safety precautions. So those teams that didn't make it, a team like the Hawks, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't play a game until December 1st. So it's almost a six-month period of time on top of an already three-month break from the 2020 season. So, of course, no live audience. How do you think this is going to impact like the kind of team that wins? Well, I think it, it puts a big emphasis on depth. Right. Because you could have, you could have a team, you know, if you have a lot of players and someone goes out, someone gets corona, and they're out for you know at least two weeks, it helps to have some serviceable players that you can you can plug in. The Clippers you know, this Clippers year, are, yeah, they. I, that's what that's my favorite to win the whole thing because, like you said, depth. But also, and in, in the playoffs, I feel like you know rest has a big impact on the outcome of the NBA Finals. And this year, I, I don't think it will because they've had to rest for three and three four months now. Well, so, they're. There may be an issue with some minor injuries just getting back into it because if you're right. going from if I don't know you know some athletes probably have been training but some may have no way to train. I think Giannis said like he didn't have a he didn't have a hoop at his house yeah. or something, which which is weird. So I mean, if you haven't moved or if you're if you're going to sitting on your couch eating potato chips to playing NBA basketball, right. there might be some strains. Yeah, but it's I something mean, serious. But I, I feel I, but they have training camp. They have like a couple weeks to you know get some scrimmages in the way. So they'll. I think by the time playoffs start, they'll you know have a few games oh, under yeah, their belt, yeah. and they play eight games before to determine seeding. I think the top six teams from each conference have already clinched, yeah. And then they just kind of play eight games to determine the eighth, yeah. the seventh and eighth seed. So I mean, I'd argue that you know injuries won't. I don't think they will be as frequent as they usually are in the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I also want to bring this up. There's no home court advantage this year, so. 
those like road games, you know, where yeah, where one team will get four home games and the other one will get three just because they had a better regular season. There's none of that. It's all at a neutral field. So I think honestly, it'll Anything favor it'll favor the better team on yeah. like all around better team. So I, I I really think this year will be a fun one to watch. Um, it'll be very different and very interesting because I mean, being the one seed might not you know have. Might not be the best thing anymore, right? Yeah, you know? it, it honestly might not. And as as it was before, where mm-hmm. you'd have home, home field advantage as time, pretty much throughout the whole playoffs. So yeah, and we all know how the atmosphere playoff um, fans can yeah. create. And so yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to watch. Um, if anything, I don't think this season deserves an asterisk at all. I think it you know will be more important. But uh, now onto the MLB. So the MLB. Uh, it's a 60-game season as opposed to 162, so they cut out 102 games from the MLB season. Yes. Uh, it starts in – that's a it's a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, over half the season is cut. Uh, it starts on July 23rd and ends no later than August 28th, 2020. And, Brad, you want to kind of give us some more information? Yeah, so this is a big season for the MLB because they're experimenting with a lot of stuff that they may never have turned to, like the uh, – the universal DH, you know, as we know, the designated hitter has only been in the American League, but this year with 60 games, they've decided to try it. They're also instituting a new rule uh, that I personally don't like, and I have not talked to anyone that does like it, that relievers have to face at least three batters before they get pulled out of the game. But um, as far as social distancing goes, they're going to be playing only games against their division, and like the other league's version of their division. So the Braves, for example, are in the NL East, so they'll play 40 games against their divisional teams, so 10 games against four other teams. Then they'll play five ga- games against the American League East. Right. Um, so that way it minimizes travel um, and exposure to COVID, which is I'm probably the best possible way to do that they, they could have done. It's still not a great plan, in my opinion. There's still a lot of travel. You still have cities like like New York City that want you to quarantine if you're coming in, quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. And and with our division, I feel like we're more geographically close than like the American League West, where there's Seattle and and right. the Houston Astros, right. and I think the Rangers are in Arlington. I pretty mean, far. no no call is gonna be perfect. I think, I think if anything, we have to give props to MLB for you know trying to keep yeah. it keep the season on, and same with the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought personally that, like, baseball had the least amount of contact with COVID as compared to, like, basketball. Oh, yeah. Like, it's... a football, you know? Like, football's still up in the air as far as yeah. you know, whether they'll play. But, you know, props to MLB for... I think, yeah, I think it could potentially work out. I saw that the Boston Red Sox had turned... Because there's no fans in the stadium, obviously, so they're turning the suites into, like, personal locker rooms for each player. That's pretty Which cool. It's pretty. It's, it, not only is that pretty cool, because like I saw, I saw like a video. It was, um, I think it was of Alex Verdugo, if, um, and in his locker room, which is like there's like a bed in the suite and like everything he needs, a TV. But that's a great idea because you're, you know, you're not in close proximity with your teammates. And, right. I mean, you're using resources that every stadium has. Everyone right. has suites almost, um, and. They're going to encourage, you know, separation of the dugouts. They don't have to sit in the dugouts, right. you know, or you could, um, eat. they could sit in the front rows of the stands. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite rules that I've seen is no spitting. 
Really? Yeah. So they're not, a lot, which makes sense. Not a lot of spit, but I think that's funny. Yeah, that's kind of a, it's kind of like the signature of baseball. Though. It is. Yeah. So I guess I, I guess that means they have sunflower seeds, but that's yeah. sad. It's um, sad to see that one go, but yeah. Yeah, well, props to MLB and NBA for finding a way to make it kind of work during this kind of time. And so on to a more, probably the most contact sport and probably the most affected by the the coronavirus is football and more specifically college football. College football is interesting because with NFL, they're at least getting paid to do, to play football. Mm -hmm. However, in college football and college sports, they're not getting paid. And it'd be kind of contradicting to ask someone to, that's not getting paid to play during a global pandemic. So how, Brad, what do you think? Oh, little summary, Big 10 and Pac-12 college football is now conference only. So they will only be able to play in conference. As far as other precautions are kind of delaying it and seeing where it coronavirus is like in late July, they've been delaying it forever now. What do you think yeah. college football is going to do? Well, logistically, I really don't know how they could have a, a season with how it looks right now, especially in the southeast, there's a lot of right. there's a big upswing. And right. if you're a team from a state that has not as many cases as Georgia or South Carolina or Florida, I understand why you would definitely not want to come here right now. Right. But at the same time, I don't think that schools can afford to cancel college football. That's a that's a great point. Like the smaller schools, the FCS schools, yeah, totally depend. Their college sometimes totally depends on playing these bigger schools to get funding mm-hmm. for their football program. So I think they need to have some form of a season financially. Yeah, definitely. However, is that safe? It's it's a great – I mean, it's a tough question. It's, I don't know. It's I gonna mean, be, It's going to be different. And it's not even just the small schools. I think – I want to say that our, last year Alabama, the Alabama football program – made two billion with a b right dollars worth of revenue i mean that's a lot of money i believe it and when there's that kind of money on the table plus i mean i think everyone wants a season no one wants you know no one wants no season people will understand if a season is canceled but no one wants to just outright cancel the season i don't know i I just don't see a scenario where the sec yeah i'm talking specifically about the sec because i feel like you know we're the biggest football conference the art we make the most money um and our football fans are maybe a little bit crazier. And obnoxious. Yeah. But, you know, um, we I think we definitely – we don't really have the basketball conference that other conferences do. And no. you know, fo- football is, you know, the thing yeah. for and, the SEC. And the other conferences – like bit, the Big Ten didn't flat-out cancel. They just limited right. their games to only their region. Right. Which makes sense also. Um, so I don't think the Big Ten wants to lose money either. Um but I think the Big Ten would be quicker to cancel than the SEC because right. it's just a different culture in the SEC. Right. I, to- I totally agree. Um, as far as do you think there's a possibility that they could push college f- – I've heard this argument a little bit um, recently that they could push college football back to possibly into January or into the spring season if they can also push the NFL back into that. So, I mean, if they push the NFL back, that would make things a lot better because, I mean, if not, I mean, the NFL season takes, I mean, it goes from September to February, so mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's, that's almost six months, which right. would mean that players, the draft would happen before the season even ended. Um, but if the NFL goes back as well, I think I think it could. The problems that I have with pushing it back, what I'm worried about, is that there could be a bounce back 
of Corona second wave or maybe even the flu in right. cold weather. And also if you're someone like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, do you're, you, you're not going to, do you really want to risk it? You're not going to, you know, because you're, you're not only risking COVID, but you're also risking injury because we're talking about football. You're never safe. Right. Um, but it, but this is hypothetical. Like if they push the NFL season back as well, and the NFL draft is also like say later, well after the college football season ends. Yeah. So well, they then, can they can still yeah. you know go through like a pre draft like. I mean, for me, it would like work that. because I want a I want a full college football yeah. season. I want I, people to be safe. I, I think a lot of people are in the same boat here. By any means necessary. But there are definitely football. people that would be like, no, it has to happen in the fall. Right. It's, I mean, it, it would be very weird for it to happen in the spring, but it, it is would. better than than having it would. nothing. Um. It would it would be interesting. I, it, would, I mean, I'd be open. It's for gonna that. it's gonna be interesting. I think most of the conferences' announcements are happening late July, so we'll try and keep you posted over here at the Raider Crusader. The other thing that I, I will will comment on is recruiting because right now, cultural recruiting is in a weird position, which um, has affected a lot of teams because no one can host official visits right now. Right, and that is um that could be very influential on how the next couple of years of college football play out. It's very true. Because if you have a team like Georgia, for example, that their recruiting has been a little bit down than it normally is at this point in the year because they can't host anyone. Right. And that's a lot of schools, not just Georgia, because, I mean, a lot of schools benefit off the ability to show off their facilities and and have the kids come to their town. But right, right now you can't, you can't do anything. And I, I know a few recruits are going on their own to, uh, you know, whatever, whatever college town has offered them, but it's still not the same thing. And I, exactly. and that is something that they, they pushed back the deadline for, um, when the, the NCAA did this, um, for when they'll allow visits, but they, I feel like they're probably gonna push it back again. Right. So I'm going to keep an eye out for, I don't really have much to say other than that, but it, it's going to be weird. Cause you know, speaking on that, like, do you think recruits will recruit will commit to more colleges that have like a more reputable reputable program like an Alabama that's like you know you know you're gonna be in safe hands as as opposed to you know if you had taken an official visit to like a Tennessee you know maybe you'd like what they're doing over there I mean that's yeah it's definitely possible but I think maybe maybe it's the coaches who have the best ways to stay in touch with their recruits and keep good relationships with them because maybe part of Part of it is they think like, oh, you have these schools that are always really good and always mm-hmm. recruit well. Maybe I won't play, and, and if I don't get right. to see the facilities, and I'm not, I'm or not gonna... or if they, I could be wrong here, but if they don't, if they decide to cancel the college football season, would like say a junior have one more year or a senior have one more one more year of eligibility? Would that how would I that mean, how would that I would, happen? I would say that that would be up to the NCAA. Um, and I think what they would probably do is they would let the draft eligible people go to the draft, but they would give redshirts if right. they wanted them. Because I mean, if there's no season, like, right, that's you, not. Yeah, you don't. There are a lot of there are a lot of players because there are a lot of players that you know they they know they're going to get drafted. They're going to college for three years and they enter the draft. Someone right. like Trevor Lawrence, but and you and also have others. guys that they want to. They depend wanna, on that senior season to yeah, really get. They depend on that senior season, yeah. or they want to like Jamie Newman right now. He's right. A potential. I don't know. I mean. I've seen him going in the first round in some mock drafts, but he's got to prove himself, and if he doesn't play, he's not going to get the chance to do that. And, but that would be unfair because it's right. totally out of and, his control. And mock drafts at that, the start of the season are completely like irrelevant. I it, mean, they go out the window after like a couple weeks of yeah. co- playing college football. Yeah, but but he's got to prove his, his worth. Like for, and, for example, and he's done he's done nothing. It wasn't his fault that there's right. no season. He's done nothing 
um, nothing wrong. to be penalized for not playing it. It's, and yeah, for example, like wasn't Jake Fromm at one point was the number one overall pick last year in yes. a mock draft. I I do remember he, that. And he, fell he went with, like to and he went to the Bills in like the sixth round and. You know, Jake Fromm's a great quarterback, but, you know. Yeah. It totally, he did not have a great I mean, season. Yeah, Joe Burrow, so. Joe Burrow like, was the yeah, number one yeah, overall. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was even... the number one overall pick because he had probably the greatest season of all time, I would go argue. Yeah. Uh, but before that, he probably, I mean, he would have been drafted, but he wouldn't, he, he would be yeah, a backup he quarterback. He would be fighting for a a roster spot in the NFL exactly. during this season. So, or if he didn't get to play. But uh, now he's the number one pick, and everyone's... Yeah, you know, right. expecting him to be a legendary quarterback in the NFL. Exactly. And just turn around the Bengals organization. Yeah. Well, that's about all we got for college football. College football is it's, it's going to be a tough decision. Hopefully they can get it straight, and hopefully we can see a season. But that's about all we have for today on the Raider Crusader, and we'll see you next time.